Hi everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the first season of the We for Women podcast. I'm your host Julie and I'm very excited to be sharing this podcast with you today. This podcast aims at celebrating all women, creating a platform where we can express ourselves and this is a chance to take up space, connect, support and inspire each other. In each episode, we will feature a conversation with a special guest. You can find more about the project and read our stories at weforwomen.co.uk where you can also take part and submit your own story. As a disclaimer, this podcast is an open, free and safe place to share our stories and have a friendly and non-judgmental conversation. The person being interviewed can share as little or as much as they want. Please be aware that we will sometimes be talking about experiences which might be triggering for some. Thanks for listening. first guest is a good friend of mine from London and I just want to thank her so much for accepting to be here with me today so thank you very much for taking part in the project I'm so excited um her name is Beth and we met in Greenwich in London around June July 2018 mm-hmm. we worked together in the same office but I was nervous to talk to her she was eating her lunch near me in the park and I was shy to go and see her, but I braved myself. I saved my last biscuit <laughs> and sat in the grass next to her. Do you remember that, Beth? Hello. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I also want to say thank you for letting me be a part of this. It's amazing. Thank you so much. So, yeah, I really remember that. Um, it was, like, quite hot. It was, like, boiling, and there were ants everywhere. And, yeah, you you won me over with um biscuits from <laughs> biscuit. the best kind <laughs> and then do you remember we started running together with a, a good friend of ours um around Greenwich and just discovered the area mm-hmm. like this because mm-hmm. I was new in London mm-hmm. we had an amazing time um and felt like we really supported each other we talked a lot about what we was going through and our problems and it was just mm-hmm. great great running together and I think running really helps mental health as well it yeah, really yeah definitely definitely what's your memory of that first encounter <laughs> well it's weird because um the, obviously the memory of when I first met you it wasn't on in the park that was like about that was a little bit after my memory was in the toilet of work with all of our students um well not our students we're not teachers but um, with all the students at the school and um, I always find that funny because toilets are where women always meet and chat drunk and sober it's so, a very British thing I think very like, British women thing. always have a really supportive words on the toilet and like mm-hmm. oh you look amazing yeah. everywhere you are women yeah. are just amazing in the toilet <laughs> amazing in the toilet and it was basically about how we were going to get ready to go for a run and I think we had um our good friend who is the the pusher of us running She's persuaded the, the you runner, runner champion exactly she persuaded you to just pop home grab your stuff and I think you're getting ready and that's how we started talking I just asked you how it was all going um and interestingly in my nature, where I just chat and chat, that's where I found out we spoke about therapy. We spoke about how you're doing. I asked, found out some about your family life as well, knew mine, or while we were in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> what a great <laughs> place! In a great place. <laughs> Amazing. Um, 
let's talk mm-hmm. a bit more about you. Um, how would you describe yourself in three words? I know it can be a hard question, but mm. summarize what makes you. Who are you, really? <laughs> so we can get to know you a bit more. Um, so, in three words, I've thought about this and I've gone very basic. I've gone for I'm loud. Um, you can always hear my voice. Sometimes that's good. Some, you laugh. Sometimes it's bad. Can then you laugh. The next thing is laughing. I always laugh. It's like a cackle. Sometimes it's a dirty giggle. I'm always laughing. Um, and then the last one is... <laughs> Some people can take this good or badly, but I've said nosy. I've said that I'm a bit nosy. Like, I can find out stuff about people. I should go into the secret surface. I'm not in the right right field. I'm very nosy. Really? It's either a good thing or a bad thing how you take it. It's meant in the best of ways. But they're my my three words. Yeah, I was thinking about these questions um, a few weeks ago when we decided to do the podcast together. Mm. I came up with a funny thing about you that Mm. just sums you up. (laughs) It's cheese and dairy because you absolutely (laughs) love cheese so much and that's why we're friends because I think this is, we're going in the same direction. Of loving cheese. I think you're also a bit dairy intolerant, (laughs) so you're a bit of a rebel for that. I um, think that's true. I was saying about running and yoga because these are activities that we've been doing in London, also to cut through the city. Um, mm. It was quite, it's quite difficult sometimes to live in London, mm. and it was great to just go out after work and uh, enjoy some relaxation doing yoga. I love doing that. You um, doing yoga with us in the park? Oh yeah, oh, true. It's amazing. Um, I put laugh as well, but mm. the last one. I know it's not three. But there was one that really spoke to me and I thought about you. It was history. Because people don't necessarily know that about you, but you're absolutely passionate and you know so much about history. Sometimes mm. you just walk somewhere and you're like, oh, this building is because of that. This happened. And you just like blow my mind each time. It's amazing. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The history one is quite cool, actually. That would have been a very good defining word, and I've gone for being loud, nosy, and laughing. It's funny how I like this. Different things. I like this. <laughs> so now that the warm-up question and all the nerves are up, and we're like going into this completely, um, let's um, indulge in the second question, mm-hmm. um, which, as I said, you can say as little. As, as much as you want it's really a free space um and I know that some subjects can be difficult to talk about um but I just wanted to know how do you reflect and how do you feel about the journey that brought you here where you are today so I'm answering this in two ways for you Julie the first is the funny way Liverpool I'm in Liverpool with you in your bedroom right now it's beautiful I got here on um, a train that took four hours, gave me a wedgie <laughs> just for this moment. <laughs> it's beautiful. And then the second question I was thinking about, because it's a really hard one when I think you think back over loads of things and I broke it down into three things. This is where we're getting deep. I agree with you. So um, I think the way, if I could summarise how I am where I am now, the first thing would be obviously I'm here I am now because of a, a a big death in my family which then also then led to a very big failed relationship 
with me personally and my then partner and then obviously that then I I generally do think brought me to this this place where I'm with this job and that's how I met you and that's how I've met so other people that are almost now like a family and I never really had like a a work family before um so I think it's so interesting how when I look back at those three things it's almost like led me to this place Mm -hmm. um yeah I think when and I even think about that sometimes like if I think back I don't know if you feel the same but there are moments in life and I think we all have them where it Mm -hmm. almost steers you down a different path yeah key moments that take you in a different Mm. way direction yeah and I think for me, um, the death of my mum, she died now two and two and a half years ago it will be, which is amazing. Time goes also quick, that's another thing. Um, and when that obviously happened, that put loads of things in a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important sometimes to reflect back on maybe who you were and not to let when anything like that happens it redefines you in a different way and it leads your journey in a different way and even when I think about that question if my mum didn't die I couldn't hand on heart say that I might know you or I might be sitting here right now talking I wouldn't be talking about it because it wouldn't have happened and I think as well I would be with a different person I would I would actually be married now I would be a married person which is crazy because we, I don't know, like I don't feel like that while we do things that mm-hmm. we do and at the way I would, I think my life is so different and it all happened because of that moment in my life. So what you're saying is the experience of grief has led you to a different path that you were mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. okay? Was it something that was triggered inside you? Is it an emotion? Was it different bits that collapsed at the same time? Mm. I feel like in our journey, there are always bits that we don't ask, like we don't expect things happen, mm. and our life completely collapse and switch into a different perspective. That we're like, oh my god, I didn't know how to handle this, um, and we end up in difficult paths but sometimes mm. in, in a beautiful way we end up maybe where we're supposed to be in mm. terms of you're here in my bedroom but you've <laughs> met you've met other it, people exactly I think I I really agree with that as well like you said about when things collapse around you and it's so it's so great as well to then see how us as people like you can always adapt when life throws you a curveball and it's weird when I think back about it as well like I always had a job since I was 16 and everyone always talks about especially for women like you can never really have a career break you can never do this almost like you can never um experience emotions you you hear about loads of people that feel bad about even having children and having to leave work because of children or having a career because they then have children and their mothers and for me when my mum was sick I decided that working in hospitality wasn't the right thing and I quit my job I just Mm -hmm. quit my job I've never ever done that before I just one day quit and I gave them a week's notice and I just left and all of that was I think that was the starting point of me trying to take back ownership 
of maybe something that was happening around me mm-hmm. and doing something so different. And mm-hmm. then obviously the collapse of my family unit and the collapse of then realising that someone that was meant to really be there as a partner wasn't. And the collapse of all of those things, it then led me to a moment which is, I'm quite proud to say, I'm at this moment where I can laugh and talk about things. It's quite a nice thing. I wouldn't have ever, like I said, like I would have never, ever thought, looking back two and a half years, I would never be It's like you saw life differently. Mm. There were prioritising family. Of course. Prioritising your relationship with your family and Mm -hmm. basically life. Um, Yeah. Because I feel sometimes we get so stuck. in in our routines don't we that we don't see what's around us yeah I think this was like an like like eye opening Mm -hmm. to you and you did that bravely yeah thank you well I think as well you see things in life we like predictability we like we like routine that's why we like weather forecast we love the weather forecast we don't want (laughs) it (laughs) <laughs> leave the house and get it rained on yes we love knowing what's oh gonna happen oh god yes and that's why kids love routine as well kids love a bedtime i adults love a bedtime screw kids loving a bedtime <laughs> adults love a bedtime we like something familiar and the same and there's no harm in that but it's also i think the way that your journey dramatically can change if something literally curveballs you or it blows your world apart and for me the death of my mum blew my world apart it was but also the fact that when your that world blows apart you then realize that it obviously has an impact on everyone else's world you can't really control that in the same way you can't control what happens to you in the respect of other people's influences upon you you can just take try to adapt and grow and change and make mistakes mm-hmm. and recognize mistakes and mm-hmm. recognize growth and mm. recognize the hurt and the pain and yeah. just kind of one day like with you sitting in the park when someone comes and offers you a biscuit be brave enough to break <laughs> down and cry and you think sometimes and, like you meet people and it's not random mm, it's it's mentally no. isn't it and especially for me I had you had never met my mum and you didn't even really realize that I was planning on burying her when you mm. came up to me we cried together. we cried and I sat there and you just sat down next to me and was like are you okay and I just broke into tears and you had no connection with me and that that's when I think about the journey if my it's almost like my mum was there with me because otherwise I wouldn't have had that to talk to you about it would have Maybe I would have met you. Maybe my path would have gone along this way, but our relationship would have been very, very different. Um, and I think that's so. In, I I really I love thinking about stuff like that. Mm. Like ugh, not all hippy dippy, because <laughs> I'd have no. I'm obviously some people are more connected with the whole idea of the moon and the universe and mm. the stars, but I do think like there's an alternative reality that you can take and yeah. I think I'm on that path. There is. <laughs> yeah. Two years ago, I would not be here. And now I'm uh, on the floor, cross legs, <laughs> doing a podcast, which is amazing anyway. But yeah, it's quite cool. I'm reflecting on what you just said. And I thought it's so interesting 
how we see paths going different ways and events happening in and we are changing ourselves our inner self is changing isn't it mm. um i was wondering uh, how in such an intense moment where emotions were so high could you have such a clear vision on what to do how to quit job walk out relationship how did you manage to have your eyes open and and know what to do in this situation because it must have been horribly difficult Mm. it's it's really weird that um maybe now saying it it feels like it was all something that was sensibly thought out because looking actually generally now thinking about it it really wasn't it was like something that there's never ever something that you can do right or wrong in any of those situations And I think that's why it's good that there isn't any direction about what happens. For example, well, my example, not for example, (laughs) if if you've like lost a mum, if you have like lost a family member or someone that's so fundamental in your life um, at any age, actually, um, doesn't matter how old, young, where you are in life, I think it's important to know that no matter what you do is not right, not wrong. Um, And as well, even though then in the future when all of it dies down and you still still have a very raw feelings about everything, it's also so important to know that, that for me as well, there were so many people that were around me that would just let me do and helped me do whatever I wanted. So when I left my job, I had people that were very willing to support me with that. And then also Mm. in the terms of then in the future, when I decided to, that I had lost really my best friend as my mum and I decided that the person I was with, who was also my best friend, um, it just wasn't right anymore. Mm -hmm. And when I decided that that was time for me after 10 years to say no to that as well and yeah. lose something else that was so fundamental to my life um I think it was just something that in the new perspective like I said and the new like I was saying before the new journey that you're on it's yeah. so important that that your eyes my eyes were open to how short life is how any moment you're here you're gone and you almost like need to live it to the fullest that you can and also just live it to the fullest that you are happy you should never lie to yourself maybe about your happiness or your worth Mm. and obviously with my mum I felt like that was something that she had and angrily she'd cut had been cut short for her and it made me realize that the person I was with Maybe I was going down a path emotionally, romantically, all that jazz with that person. And my mum helped me see that life is very, very, very short. And, and tough. And tough. And you need to make decisions that maybe society, other people mm. will say, that's bad. Yeah. I'm going to lose, like, that's it. 
And sometimes but, decisions so hard to make, but in mm, the long run, you know that this is what yeah. we need. This is the best for us. Completely. It's really and difficult. You just have to go with your gut. If and there's that that saying, is it whatever you lose, if it comes back, it was always going to come back. And sometimes that's the thing. But sometimes you need to lose it, and then you come back. And I felt like my life came back to me yeah you know and you're the only person you are you at the end of the day there really is no one else and when you die unfortunately there's nobody else there that goes with you we're we're on our own in that sense and I think it's important to realize that and I I did realize that with my mom's death you have to look after yourself first protect yourself first because you are what is allowing you to be on this planet your decisions are your own your life is your own and sometimes you just have to take that back don't get me wrong I regret Mm. ways in which I've done that my mum would probably be like what are you doing Bethany Campbell what are you doing but at the end of the day like I said I'm now sitting in this room with you I'm happy I smile it was okay that's it it's yeah. good but at the time I didn't realize that at the time I was going in blind mm. hindsight is beautiful it worked out okay and I think for everyone it does work out okay we we do survive we as human beings we survive which is a yeah. nice <laughs> for the past few weeks as well we've been talking about be kind to oneself be kind mm. to yourself um there are a lot of um mental health issues mm. that are triggered by social media the media themselves mm-hmm. newspapers and i think it's tough to be kind to oneself because there's so many things when we look on our phones when we look at news tv that yeah. society dictates us um and it's i think it's part of the journey as well I think yeah. we spend our life trying to figure out ourselves, figure out others, um, and also being kind to, to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that has become so my motto lately because I've been mm-hmm. very, I'm very, sorry, I'm saying we, but I am <laughs> very, yeah, self-conscious about everything that I do. I'm always worried about what people are going to think and yeah. the decisions that I'm going to make. Mm-hmm. And we get really, we get advice from people and sometimes we don't we, we don't ask for advice from people and that can yeah that really change our way of thinking yeah. and maybe sometimes we should just stick to our guts yeah definitely and as and like exactly like you said then it's the importance of just knowing that you have to be kind to yourself and you have to look after yourself and you have to do things that sometimes just benefit yourself. Like I think we're told it's don't be selfish. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't, don't do wear that. that. Yeah. Don't, don't act that. like that. You don't act like that. Like the names people call each other for doing things. Mm. But at the end of the day, like you just need to make sure that you are happy because that's, that is a less, that's the final lesson my mum ever taught me is you need to look after yourself and that's kind of what I did but like I said in a very weird weird roundabout way but (laughs) it's what I did so yeah thank you for sharing that
with us today. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a really important conversation that we need to have um, between us as women. It's, it's tough out there. Um, <laughs> yes. So what's your biggest fear? It's it's really weird. I was thinking about this and I thought about it and um, obviously like fear is so subjective. Fear is something that's so in your mind and your mindset. And if you asked me that like three years ago, I'd have said spiders without a shadow of a doubt. Like, <laughs> I'm the same. I can't. If you show me fluff, I'll think it's a spider. I don't even know why they oh, scare yeah. me. I don't get it. They they scare me. I can't do I can't. it. I Funny can't do enough, it. because spiders are the symbol of women as well. No. Yeah, they are. Wow. Have you ever seen that peach? Oh, Jameson the Giant Peach, sorry. Yes. The spider's a woman, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. And she's lovely, but they're scary. Um, I, will, I will hands, oh, I can't even. Have you ever um, heard about um, Rose Bourgeois? No. Uh, okay, I'll cut that, but no. it's very feminine about abortion and about women and mm. there's a lot of spiders wow like huge spiders that you can go to that's really interesting that is very interesting but i'll cut that no i like that don't like <laughs> that that's really good well, that relates doesn't say. it that's really good i was gonna say that was that was my fear i don't think it is as much now which is interesting but i think and i know i've mentioned it just before um but obviously two things I've now realised is one fear I always had was the fear of death and it was always the fear of death because I was always like um I scared how I would die I don't know why I'd always think that into true crime a lot so I don't know <laughs> but always like a thing and and, yeah. and I've now removed that I'm now not scared of death because I think I realised that actually what I do fear is the life I leave behind because mm -hmm. when people die around you and that loss is felt upon those people that are left it's not really you because you're not here anymore um and I've all I now find it that really interesting that my fear went from being of death to actually being the person that's left mm. which I think is so strange very opposite the green mile yeah almost like the, the the green mile yeah like but also like the fear of missing out like the the worry of like what you said the self-consciousness earlier of like have I done things correctly have I achieved it have I done it right have I experienced things have I traveled have I done have I got the family are my kids going to be okay is everyone going to be okay when I go is have I done enough like yeah. I think there's a big formal mm. fear of missing out around our generation. Yep. We're really scared of missing out. And I think we see a lot of things on social media that we want to achieve things yep. in a different way than previous generations. Exactly. Exactly. And I think as well, we everything is so in the limelight of what a life, I think we were saying, in one of our many conversations about capitalism, that's such a big thing about do you have the best thing? Do you yeah. have the most of something? Are you making the most out of what you have? And 
and in all and that is a bit of a fear and I know it shouldn't be a fear but I think especially just the fear of the legacy you leave behind but more the people you leave behind Mm. like a a big thing for me is to make sure that everyone is okay like my mum not only left behind three young daughters I'm one of the three um but obviously my dad they've been together since they were 18 Mm. like the fear of are they going to be okay yeah are they going to survive yeah um I think is such a that's now become my fear which I think is very interesting for me it's always the prospect of the the beginning of death but now it's more like what happens after Mm. when you go yeah maybe it's because and as well you don't have control over it maybe that is my mum going my lack of control but I lost I lost control of my life Mm. I tried to take it back Mm. I kind of have it back but I don't know that's so that is my now fear yeah not spiders but that (laughs) (laughs) so how is it growing up with two sisters and being the eldest one can you tell us a bit more about that and having that role if Mm. you had if you felt like you had a role I definitely you hear the thing about um in families where you have the eldest child you have the middle child and then you have the youngest and the eldest the eldest I think is so interesting because I definitely felt like I fell into that role of um having to be very independent or being made to feel like it's important to be independent which I completely agree with and I thank my parents greatly for that um but also to look after I would always have to look after like an authority if the parents went there mm-hmm. like you have to look after your daughter your your um your daughters you have to look after That's your sisters actually slip on the tongue that is very interesting it is a Freudian slip I know that is isn't it? <laughs> oh god it's very weird literally tingly that's made me feel very weird that you just said that my daughters oh my god <laughs> um but also like it was but, but they were more than that as well like it's nice maybe there were times when we we're younger where it's like oh my god the arguments we were all very close in age as well I felt like being three so, sisters could be so much fun I always picture it as um, like in the movies yeah. where they're like a little gang of three girls hanging yeah. together, hanging around and just talking about like boys yeah. or girls <laughs> or girls. and just have fun and like yeah. it chatting, was, it was. have like each other's back. Mm-hmm. I think I remember one time I'll tell you to show because we're very close now as well, especially after what happened with us. We both, we all swore that no matter what, we wouldn't ever let us separate. Or, I agree with you. Which I think is something that we notice my mum's sisters. Mm. And I know it's difficult when you get older, life, Events. new families. But we mm. sat there and we said, we know that might happen, but we promise. Mm. So it's interesting that's bonded us even more. But a story that we all remember, all of us, I'll tell you very quickly, um, is I think sums up living with my sisters and the the moral high ground that my parents really installed in us of having siblings Mm -hmm. was um when my middle sister and my youngest sister they love each other but they also are 
very similar in a way, so they get they bicker. And I'm the one that I'm very good friends with my middle sister, but my younger sister is my younger sister, so protective younger sister. Mm. Um, and one day she was walking home, and someone ran up to her and pushed her to the ground, and stole oh her book bag and basically bullied her and stole from her. That's awful. She then ran home. This time, we were all young, so we were all very bickery. And I remember I was arguing with both of them. My other sister was arguing with us all. We were all just arguing. It was like teenage hormone overload. I don't know how my mum and dad did not put us up for adoption, to be very fair. But she ran in the door crying like blood crying and me and my sister immediately was like right Mm -hmm. and I've never stormed out of a house I don't even know what I was intending on doing like what would I didn't even think about it now what I was going to do but we stormed right to where she said she was we knocked on doors I think we found who had done it and yelled at them um okay we found out where they were my dad and my mum went over like the there sisterhood. it literally was like everyone bonded like yeah. I now I think back at it I'm like how I was like maybe 16 and all of that happened and I was like oh my god like you hurt some like my cub mm. like someone that's in my family yeah and we you don't touch which is weird my, because my family yeah like that's oh, amazing so red thing. which is and I think that explains this like when ev- anything happened to us it was always like no judgments will be there to help you and, and be kind yeah and be kind and we're all women which is good because we all know how that is my poor dad <laughs> has had to become very infeminate I'm sure but it was good growing up I'm glad I would have loved a brother. That would have been an interesting dynamic. It's but very different. I'm very glad with what I have. Mm, that's so, lovely. Yeah, Thank it's you. It's all good. So on a completely different note now, um, what's your biggest, proudest achievement um, during all these years? And how did you get there? Um, I was thinking about this, and it's I found this one really difficult. Maybe because people that know me, know that I'm very hard to praise self-praise. I think we all are, actually. It's difficult, <laughs> it's isn't so it? Difficult. That's why I'm asking this question. Yeah. I want you to be, like, proud. Uh, yes, proud, I, I love it. that. Um, I think one of my biggest achievements is maybe that I didn't do as well as I wanted to in secondary school. So I decided not to go to university, and instead I decided to pursue work and by the time I was 20, I was managing a shop, which I thought was quite a big achievement. That is very grown up. Yeah, it made me very wise beyond my years. People management skills through the roof. And also, I think you moved out of your parents' house quite young, didn't mm, you? Yeah, I left home at 17. That's really young. So it was like, but I felt very, very, very adult. And left home at 17, it wasn't 17. It was like... 18, 19, <laughs> even at 17, I'm saying how great family is, <laughs> but I left at 17. Um, it was to go live with my then boyfriend. Partner? Yeah. yeah. But um, it was like, that to me, I became very adult, and that's something I'm very proud of. The other thing I'm very proud of, in the same note, isn't so much a staple thing in life, but 
I'm very proud that I can, it's like my adaptable personality. personality. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I, I can just, which I would say about is this first job, it gave um, my parents an independentness to just go one day, I'm going to change this. And maybe that's meant that I have, I don't have very secure roots in a certain yeah. place. And you have travel young, yeah. you know how to adapt mm. to different people, situation, yeah. environment. Yeah. You, I feel like you can get your shit together in all situations. Mm-hmm. Maybe. After and a moment of panic, but thank you. Like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> no, but I feel like you're very good at falling back on your feet. Mm. whatever happens yeah um throughout the experiences that you shared with me or for the past when like two years that I've known you you know exactly what you want um Mm. and what's your worth as well and you've really helped me in in knowing what was my worth because I think it's a self-praise we're never really sure aren't we I don't think I'm very confident I feel like there's a lot of people around me that are not and should be confident because it's so Mm. amazing um, and you've always boosted me in knowing and helped me knowing what was my worth, where I was meant to go. Uh, and I think that's very, yeah, adult thing, but also mature thing to know and right thing. Mm. You see people, you see through people, and it's just a quality that very few people have. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's, I think like, you can be really proud about it. Yeah, I think... It's so, I, I don't know, it's definitely being the eldest, very independent. Also, I had parents that always told me and made me feel like no matter what you did, it would be okay, which I think is so important as well. Mm. But, yeah, I think it's a very good life, a life thing to have where you you know at the end of the day you're not going to be in the gutter. Can I just say as well, I know Beth now <laughs> and... She is amazing in all situations because she has a quality, which is incredible, is she has a chat. She can (laughs) chat to people in such a way that angry people, moody people, grumpy can just switch and just become really lovely (laughs) in a few seconds. And it's amazing. And you can talk to her about subject and she knows how to bounce on the subject and, and... talk like an essay and talk so much about it and she's really knowledgeable about how she is and about herself and about people as well sorry um I think that's just an incredible quality and I hear on the phone sometimes with strangers of people like in the street she meets and encounters and she knows and she has this communicative laugh that (laughs) just people are really happy it just brightens up their world but I feel like this could be me praising you for like three hours thank you yes Um, but this is this is the reality I know you and I absolutely love you for that I think it's an incredible quality I know very few people that can do that you can just chat that's just amazing (laughs) I've always said to her you should be a tv presenter radio presenter because you could just Chats. and you know when they're blanks you could just mm, fill, the, fill gaps. the blanks that would be amazing the art of bullshitting <laughs> just write a book been... or start a podcast <laughs> i think it... <laughs> <laughs> i'll have you as the first guest thank you <laughs> um 
we're coming to the end. I've got a few mm. more questions. Um, mm. Just going back to our like your childhood, our childhood, and our experiences. If you could give an advice to the ten year old that you were, mm. I often think about this and reflect on my life and wish I knew so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought life would be completely different than what it's like what I'm living right now. Yeah. So could you? say something to the girl that you were when you were 10 years old or 15 or yeah I like that it's a such a good question isn't it is it not too cheesy I hope I don't think it's too cheesy or I think it's so good because um you know we keep mentioning um and of course Julie told me this the moment I got here because I am that person that takes at least 10 to 20 business days to reply to a text message so I think it's very apt that she told me this but like um how (laughs) (laughs) we are currently in mercury retrograde she knows so and she was like it isn't just about communications but it's also about your past and I think this question is so good because it is like you have to look at a hindsight and sometimes you then look so much at your past and how you could change things. And I think it's so good that I think I would go back and say, genuinely, you need to think about you more. I sometimes think about my life and think I do things wholeheartedly to please other people mm. or mainly to do things for other people, worry about how they perceive me, make sure they're really happy put loads of effort into that to the stage that I forget myself I forget other people because I get very focused and I think that that probably didn't help I was in such a long relationship at the beginning of my life but I think it's something that if I could go back that would be my word it would be be more selfish be more care take more care in yourself and your own self-worth don't let that be hidden by other people's a hundred percent and don't let other and I think it's something that when you do that too much it's really hard to get out of yeah get out of it and then if you do something that's selfish for you you let other people down and it really hurts you but you think if I knew how to do balance this properly it's difficult it's and I think that's what I'd say so maybe it'd be a 15 year old at 10 I was probably quite selfish at 15. I was my 15-year-old self. But. It's funny you say that because it reminds me of a few years ago. I was in Edinburgh mm. um, and there's a therapist that talked to me about the notion of being self-centred mm. and it's about being selfish but knowing and being aware of the people around you but having you as a priority mm. and knowing your time knowing what you're able to on a daily basis yeah and I thought it was really interesting and he kept saying that children are very self-centered because they keep saying me 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 this so bad mm-hmm. thing right and then we go and we become aware of society and the people around us yeah. and we a bit sacrifice we sacrifice ourselves yeah. to put others first yeah. Some people don't though. Some people Some people will, have it down you to the people team. on the tube that go in before you go off yes. the train. Ugh. These kind of people are very self centered. Yeah. But it is also a woman thing, I think. Mm-hmm. To put the to man give, before yeah. the partner before. Um unfortunately I feel like it is a pattern and I've seen 
women in my life doing this and I'm reproducing the pattern. Yeah. Um, and we should be aware of that. It's an unconscious thing for me. I don't know how you feel about that. Definitely. As as I agree with you, like my nans were always, they were of the war era, especially of we look after our man, we are at home, we nurture. It's in our basic instinct to nurture. Um, exactly, hunter that's gatherers. nurture. Yeah, and, and by no means is that a bad thing, but like I've said before and the common thing that I've said is that it's about nurturing yourself and I don't think we're told that because then the word you're selfish is very thrown out and you shouldn't be self-centred and you should care about other people and especially like uh, the pin-up wives there's nothing wrong with that at all that could be something that's so content in your life but I think it's important to realise what your content is and go from there yeah and exactly but and it's I agree a with you as well yeah people are saying you shouldn't be selfish it's a really fault big mm. fault sorry yeah in society um and that's as women i think we tend to not be selfish we, mm. we're not allowed to be no um yeah i think that conversation is really important to have really interesting mm. um even in our careers we often definitely say to other people to get a promotion or to men yes. to you know, or you go before me please yeah. do please yeah. do I'm okay. you would be great for that role you would be great for that job yeah. it's like no god damn it i'm good for that yeah. job like women supporting women mm. um yeah thank you so much for sharing that i totally agree with you i mm. think it's a really important and interesting conversation to have mm-hmm. um to finish our conversation tonight, our discussion, mm-hmm. um, I would like to ask you whether there was a key moment of your life that you wanted to share. I know you've been talking about your family and your childhood and your relationships, but if there was another thing that you wanted to share that women could relate to? Yeah, I think through all, all, all of this and the reason we're doing this, and the reason why um, We For Women is a big thing is all about talking and communicating and the importance of that, not only for your own mental health, but I think for other people's well-being. And it just helps share experiences. And I think especially me going through something at the age of 27 of losing my best friend and losing a mum who is the best friend of me, it sound like they're two separate things. But I think in going through a life change that I never ever thought was ever going to happen, and there was a time when I would talk about it and you could tell people would almost be like, stop, because you're making us uncomfortable, mm-hmm. or stop, aren't you a bit over it now, mm-hmm. or stop showing your emotions like that isn't how you grow and I think it's so important that when you find those people that tell you to stop talking and stop communicating and to stop you from really expressing how you feel and how you are and they're not there to help you they're there to almost go to you can you just stop being like that Mm. because this is a bit aren't you Mm. over it yeah I think it's important to remember that you mm. have to keep talking 
and you need to find the right person to talk to you need to find the right outlet and you need to keep communicating it's such an important thing like we don't communicate enough we're always buried in our phones we're always on Instagram or Facebook or scrolling and the amount of human contact even if you try to call a bank you don't actually speak to a human yeah it's funny you talking it's it's funny you mentioned that I'm thinking about how society and people are not really allowed to say that they're not feeling great they're Mm. sad they're grieving even in the language in the communication in the English language when you ask someone how are you are you right you never expect someone to say actually I'm not really well today Mm. you always think that the person is going to be like oh I'm okay I'm fine because this is the formatted formatted yes. answer this is what people going to be people going to yeah. say and this is what you expect from people yeah, to yeah, say yeah. so I think sometimes we should just say well actually I'm not fine I'm not okay <laughs> I'm not okay mm. chemical we don't, that, we don't chemical expect romance. people to say that it's mm-hmm. not in it's it's not in a shared culture no we, we expect it to be fine and be happy smile be happy get on with it the the british thing lie back and think of england you just stiff upper lip and i think and i do think it's changing now but i think things podcasts and projects and people doing things like this is just such a good way for you to be able to freely say how you feel and that's the only way you can move on from things mm. if you hold it in your own mind gets hold of you and as much as I've been talking sprouting self-love but when you let that part of your mind in it's the worst thing so you need to speak your fears speak what is your new reality speak to people and you find a connection with that person yeah and that person helps you talk to yourself because when you talk to yourself then that's when the negativity, mm. probably low self-work can yeah. really kick in. And it helps. And it's important not to focus on that all yeah. the time. Talking to people helps you realise who will connect with you in terms of emotion and, mm-hmm. and the past and the trauma. You, yeah. I think there's a shared knowledge and, and culture behind that. And I think this is also why I created this project is mm-hmm. because I think we all have shared um shared experiences in life we've all been through a lot um and i want us to connect and inspire get inspired with each other and heal hopefully Mm -hmm. heal um find a way yeah i think talking is the key and sharing is the key a hundred percent and you'll find out there that everyone's has got traumas and anxieties and fears and Mm -hmm. people will understand it and help that's yeah. the key word I think to end that podcast it is be kind and help yep. each other and um heal together mm-hmm. it's yeah. perfect oh. it was like it was scripted it wasn't which that. it wasn't <laughs> thank you so much Beth for being part of thank this project well. tonight we've ended quite late I hope you're not too tired we haven't had dinner yet so thank you so much for staying on the floor talking about <laughs> you, your story I it's just been... want to be anywhere else I promise you oh, thank you so I've much it's it. been incredible thank you so much thank that you as well the first episode of the first season of the We For Women Yay. podcast 
let's have more let's start writing um and you'll find more about the project on leforwomen.co.uk thank you so much for listening and i hope you'll be back with me on the podcast soon thank you good night